Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 92 of the Money Love Podcast. All right, guys, I have a fantastic episode planned for you today. And I'm going to already just put my guesses out there that this episode is going to get a lot of downloads, (laughs) simply just from the title and what we're going to be talking about today, because I know that some of you guys are probably very curious to figure out if, in fact, you do have a spending problem. So that's what we're going to be talking about and breaking down today. I'm going to be walking you guys through my thoughts on the top red flags that I see with the women that I talk to, with those of you who are with me in overcoming overspending. And they're really just things that you can be on the lookout for yourself when it comes to your spending habits to really see if this is an area that you need to work on. So we're just going to jump right in. We're not going to waste any time this week. The first thing that I want to cover before we start breaking down whether or not you have a spending problem is first, I want to make sure that I differentiate the difference between having an income problem and having a spending problem, which is basically, do you have an inflow problem or do you have an outflow problem? Is the issue, is the reason that you're not making the progress that you want to be making with your finances due to the fact that you just don't have enough money coming in through the door, which would mean that you have an inflow problem, or is it because you have too much going out the door. Inflow is good, but from what you have coming in, you have too much of that going out. That would be an outflow problem. And it's the latter that we're really going to be talking about today. But I do want to make sure that we're very clear from the jump. I don't want those of you who actually in reality have an inflow problem thinking that you have an outflow problem. So let's cover that first. How do you know which is which? How do you know if your issue of why you're not progressing financially is because you're not making enough or it's because you're spending too much? So here's kind of how I think about this. When I think about how to look at this and answer this question, I think about the five places that your money needs to be going. This is a concept that I use and I talk about called the priority of your money. I've done an entire podcast episode on this in the past. I honestly should have looked up before I even started recording to see what episode number it was. I want to say it's in the 40s. I'm going to cover it super briefly here. But if this concept is new to you, if I'm going through this and you're like, Paige, I have no clue what you're talking about and I've never heard you talk about this. After you're done with this episode, I want you to go and find that episode and listen to it. Again, it's called The Priority of Your Money. It'll be like in the 40s, I believe. But essentially, every dollar that comes into you is going to go to one of five places. It's either going to go to cover a need or necessity. It's going to cover a minimum debt payment, a debt obligation that you have. It's going to fund a current financial goal that you're working on. It's going to go towards a sinking fund, which is you saving for a future expense that you know is coming, or 
it's going to go towards a money love of yours. And money love is just what we call your wants around here. There are things that you love that you really enjoy spending your money on that kind of bring that extra like life and color into your world. Now, out of those five things, they do have a priority, which means that some are more important than others. And actually, the order that I just listed them to you in is the order that they go in. So your needs are the most important thing. Having a roof over your head, having food to eat, clothes on your bodies, being able to afford the medication that you need, being able to get to work, those are all needs. You need them to survive or you need them to maintain your livelihood. The next priority is making sure that you can meet your debt obligations so that you don't fall behind on those. That's the second priority. Third priority is paying yourself first, paying your future self. That's really three and four, which is putting money away for future you. It's funding a current financial goal that you're working on, and it's saving for things that you know are coming down the line. And then the last and final priority are your wants. These aren't must-haves. These are the nice-to-haves. Now, again, if you've never heard me talk about this, go listen to that episode because I just ran you through that within a couple of minutes where I have an entire episode where I break that concept down in detail. And truly, you guys, it is one of the most important tools and concepts that I teach. I have all of my students with an overcoming overspending structure their money map this way. And it really is such a game changer. And I'm walking you through this because really, if we're looking at this, evaluating this waterfall, right? This waterfall effect of your money of going, okay, I'm going to cover my first priority, then my second, then my third, then my fourth, then my fifth will really help us answer, do you have an income problem? Is there not enough inflow? Or is there an outflow, a spending problem? And here's how we know looking at the five priorities. If you are not able to get through the first three priorities without running out of money, you have an inflow problem. You are not making enough money. So what that means is if you do not have enough money to cover your basic necessities and to cover your minimum debt obligations and to be putting at least something towards a financial goal that you want to work on, whether that's putting extra towards debt, whether that is saving up an emergency fund, a rainy day fund, saving for a home down payment. If you don't have enough money to be covering your first three priorities and you're not even getting to the point where you can be putting money towards priority four and five, you have an income problem. You are not making enough money. And so at that point, what we need to do is we need to evaluate ways that we can actually get your income up. For many cases, most people who find themselves in that situation are under earning, which means that they are not making the amount of money that they are capable of earning. But I also do want to say that especially now in this economy with inflation, with the cost of things going up so drastically, one area that you also have to evaluate is just the cost of living where you live, right? Like if you are living in an area where the cost of living is super, super high, let's say like a New York, a Los Angeles, a Chicago, a Seattle, somewhere like that, where at the end of the day, you're just like, listen, like after I cover rent, after I cover like my transportation costs, after I cover like my insurance, I'm basically out of money. 
figuring out a way to evaluate like, okay, is there a possibility here for me to lower my just basic cost of living? That is another area that you want to look at. So for any of you guys who are sitting there being like, I'm barely covering my necessities. I'm barely able to meet my minimum debt obligations. I'm not able to put anything towards a financial goal. Basically, you are living paycheck to paycheck, and that's not because you are spending money on things outside of just like your basic needs and your debt obligations. That means you have an income problem and an inflow problem which that's not what we're going to be talking about today, but I do want to differentiate because I do not want those of you who actually have an inflow problem to be thinking that the problem is the outflow. When you're looking at the two, you can only cut so much. Like when it comes to your expenses, we can only cut out and decrease so much. That's the great thing about learning how to increase your income and to increase your marketability and the value that you're giving out into the market because the amount of money that we're all capable of making is unlimited. So we can only go so low, but there's really no cap on how high we can go. Now, I've always believed that it's so important that we keep a balanced view of everything. So we want to be putting some of our time, effort, and resources into, yes, increasing our income, getting that as high as we possibly can, making sure that we are being paid what we're worth, making sure that we're not under earning. So yes, we need to be focused on that. But what I find is that so much focus in the money space goes towards that end of the spectrum. It goes towards, okay, here's all of these ways to make extra income and have more coming in and you know be making six figures and yada, yada, yada. And again, it's great. It's super important. Do not get me wrong. But what I also see a lot, which not as many people seem to be talking about, is the fact that your spending habits, the outflow of money going out of your life, is just as important because a scenario where outflow exceeds inflow will never ever work. <laughs> okay? I don't care who you are, that math equation is just never going to shake out. And there are a lot of people who actually do have really great incomes. They have really good inflows. There's a lot of money coming through the door. But even with that, they still don't have much to show for it. And if they were just to take out a piece of paper and they were to write down their salaries or they were to write down their annual compensation and you were just to see that number written down on a piece of paper, you would probably look at it and go, whoa, oh my gosh, that's great. Like, good for you. That's a lot of money. But then if you were to look in their bank accounts or if you were to see their net worth, it's really not much to write home about. They don't have much saved. They're not investing. And in many cases, they're actually in the hole. Even though they have great incomes, they are spending more than they're making. And I've told you guys this before many, many times, but that's why it's so important to recognize that wealth is not a number. Wealth is a ratio. It is the difference. It is the comparison between, okay, what do I have coming in and then what am I keeping of that? What am I having and saving of that? And we don't want it to be a situation where we're not spending and we're being money hoarders and we're grasping onto our money and it's just 
tight and it's just painful to let go of it and to spend it. We want there to be a balance between the two. We want there to be a healthy in-between of what's coming in and what's going out. But let's not be fooled that just because you have a good income means that you are good with money. Or that just because you have a good income and you have a lot of money coming in doesn't mean you actually have a spending problem. So then let's go, okay, well then what does it look like to have an outflow problem, a spending problem? And my answer to that is, if you were to take those five priorities of money, you were to take everything coming in, and then you were to make yourself a money map that has those five priorities, you would be able to get through all five priorities. You would be able to cover your needs, your debt obligations, if you have any. You would be putting money away and aside for future you. And then once that is all done and over and after you've paid yourself, there's still money left over at the end of a paycheck or at the end of the month to spend on the things that you want for present you. To buy those wants, those money loves, those things that feel fun and good and aligned. And I find that typically... What happens is people who aren't making progress with their finances have those priorities out of whack. Like at the end of the day, that is the primary issue is that more money is going towards the wants, the money loves, the present version of you, prioritizing buying things that you want in this moment in time rather than focusing on future you. There's no money going to future you. It's simply just, I have this money coming in. I'm going to like pay my bills and I'm going to spend the rest. Okay. And that is the philosophy that most people have. You guys, I'm serious. I'm going to pay my bills and I'm going to spend the rest. There's no thought. There's no planning. There's no preparation for the future version of you and what she is going to need. And so that's my biggest thing, you guys, is don't think that just because you make good money or you have a decent income that you don't have a spending problem. Also don't think that just because you don't have any debt, that you're not in credit card debt, or the fact that you still have money sitting in your checking account at the end of the month, or because every month you're able to pay your credit cards off in full, those are not indications that you don't have a spending problem. You can still be doing all of those things and you can still have a spending problem. And this is one of the biggest misconceptions out there because I talk to so many people or I hear people tell me like, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. I don't have a problem. Like I'm doing pretty well financially. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm good with money. I have good spending habits. But then at the end of the day, when you really look at how they're directing their money, at how they're spending their money, it's all about the present. It's all about the here and now, the instant gratification, buying what I want, when I want it, with absolutely no thought, again, to the future version of you. So that is the lens that most of us are looking through to try to answer this question of, do I have a spending problem? Is, do I have money in my checking account? Am I in debt? Am I able to pay my credit cards off in full? And of course, we want to be able to do those things. Don't get me wrong. Those are not bad things. But also don't be fooled that just because those things are happening means that you don't have unhealthy 
spending habits. What I care much more about is how you feel about the progress that you are making financially for the long term. And really at the end of the day, if you're being totally honest with yourself, if you feel good and if you are happy with the results that you are experiencing and creating with your finances, do you have a healthy balance of money that is supporting you in the present today, but also are you putting aside a healthy and balanced amount of money for the future? Are you saving? Are you investing? Are you being proactive with your money? Or is everything with your finances very here and now, off the cuff, reactive decisions? Are you making progress towards your financial goals? And do you even have financial goals, right? Like, are you even thinking about, okay, What are my financial goals right now? What are some things that I want to be working towards? Are you giving thought to that? After you give thought to that, are you actually taking that and making concrete goals out of them? Deciphering what you want to do by when and how much it's going to require from you, either on a monthly or a paycheck basis. And on the money that you're spending in the here and now, Are you actually using that money for purchases that bring substantial value into your life? Are you happy with the purchases that you're making? Like, does it feel good when you spend the money and after you've spent the money? So answering this question doesn't really have as much to do with what it is that you're buying or even how much you're spending. It matters if you are happy with the results that you are creating. How do you feel when it comes to money and how you are spending money? Does it feel balanced? Are you taking care of future you? Does it feel good in the moment and good long-term? These are all questions that you need to ask and reflect on when it comes to your spending. And I use food analogies a lot because I just feel like it's very relevant for all of us. Like we all have to eat, right? So first, let me give you an analogy for the income situation, right? Why having a high income isn't the end-all be-all when it comes to building wealth. Let's just say you're someone who has a really fast metabolism. Okay, you've been blessed <laughs> with a fast metabolism. You can pretty much eat whatever you want. And in terms of how much you weigh, and in terms of you know what your body looks like from the outside, it doesn't really matter. You can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, because you can basically count on your lightning fast metabolism to take care of the problem with you. You're not gaining any weight. Now, Although I'm sure that's very, very nice to have, just like how having a very high income is probably very nice to have. But just because you have a lightning fast metabolism and then you decide that because of that, you're just going to eat whatever the heck you want, whenever you want, you're just going to fill your body up with junk and sugar and alcohol and chemicals that on the inside, you're not causing harm to your body, that on the inside, you're not living a life that's healthy. You're not eating food that's going to be to your benefit and that's going to fuel you and give you energy and help you get through your days as the healthiest version of yourself. The same can be true 
with your income, right? So just because you have a really high income and you can buy a lot of things and you can spend a lot of money, when we actually look on the inside of what's going on, when we open up those bank accounts and we look at the net worth and we look at how much debt we have, just because you have a good income, it very well could be just masking a larger problem. And also too, with the food that we're eating, right? All of us like to eat food that tastes good. Of course we do, right? Like we don't want to eat food that we don't like and that doesn't taste good. But the goal is, at least for me, I'm always trying to figure out, okay, how can I find food that I really, really like, that tastes really good, that I really enjoy eating in the moment? It's very enjoyable to me, but I also know that it's very good for me at the same time. It's healthy. It has a lot of nutrients. It's going to give me a lot of energy. It's going to fuel me so I can get through my day. It's going to help me sleep better and just overall be a healthier person. That is how we want to view our spending habits, right? It's like spending our money in the moment where we know, okay, this feels really, really good in the moment. And I know that I'm also making choices that are going to help me and take care of me long-term. That's what we want to get to. It is the balance of the here and now versus future you. But the ultimate goal, you guys, is to be spending our money in a way that feels good to us on things that we enjoy and love and bring a lot of value into our life. But also we want that balance of saving our money having our money, putting it off to the future. And remember, you guys, that every single dollar that comes your way, you're going to get to spend eventually. You are going to get to buy something with it eventually. Don't forget that. But the question you have to ask is, do I want to spend this dollar today in the here and now, or do I want to put this dollar aside, okay, put it off, save it, invest it, so that it can be spent in the future. But don't ever forget that with every single dollar that comes into your possession, you get to go shopping with it, right? You either get to buy something tangible today in the here and now, you get to buy a service, a product, or an experience, something tangible, or you get to say, okay, dollar, I'm putting you aside for now to spend in the future. And when you do that, you're still getting to buy yourself something in the present, But what you're buying yourself in the present is something intangible. You are buying yourself time, options, and freedom. Because when we choose to have a balanced approach with our money and with our spending habits, ultimately we are creating more time, more options, more freedom for ourselves down the road. All right. Now, here's what I want to do for the rest of the episode. I want to walk you through some red flags that I want you to be looking out for and to be aware of. So I think we've covered, okay, inflow and outflow. We want there to be a healthy balance between the two. Again, make sure that you have a firm grasp on this priority of your money concept. It is, it's so important, you guys. Like if I'm telling you like top three concepts that I think are so key for you to learn for financial success, that concept, having a priority of your money structuring your money map, managing your money in that way is one of them. So for the rest of the episode, I want to give you guys some red flags to look out for. If you're like, okay, I know that I'm definitely not happy with the results that I'm creating for myself financially, but is it a problem? 
Here are just some red flags that I want you to keep an eye out for. Some of these might resonate with you. Maybe only one of them resonates with you. Maybe all of them will resonate with you. But these are the top things that I see with people that come to me with my students with an overcoming overspending on our weekly coaching calls. A lot of the coaching that we do relates to one of these items that I'm going to talk through. So here's the first one and probably the most important is... Do you use shopping, spending money, acquiring things as your coping mechanism? When you are feeling some sort of negative emotion, when you're feeling sad or bored, anxious, overwhelmed, insecure, lonely, if you're grieving, any negative emotion that you don't want to be feeling, the way that you cope, that you distract yourself, that you numb yourself out is from shopping. That is probably the first and the biggest indication that your shopping is a problem because you are buffering with shopping. What you really should be doing is feeling those emotions. And it's hard to do this, you guys. I mean, honestly, it's like, who wants to feel their feelings, (laughs) right? It's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to feel my feelings. And as cliche as it sounds, like sometimes you guys will have people say like, oh, are you just going to tell me that I need to feel my feelings and that's going to solve all my problems? And like, I kind of want to be like, uh, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I, you know, it's like it'd solve a lot more of your problems than you think it would if you would just open yourself up to it. Like we talked about last week in the influencer episode, all we care about as human beings, you guys, is just to feel good. That's all we want. We just want to feel good and we just want to feel better. But the problem is, is that we get confused and we think that we know the answers and the solutions to feeling better because when we shop, it does feel good temporarily. We do get that rush, that high, that dopamine hit. And we think, oh my gosh, this feels so amazing. Problem solved. I'm now distracted from the negative emotion that I was feeling. I feel better now. But the problem is, is that again, going back to the food analogy, it's just like eating a ton of sugar or drinking a ton of alcohol because the rush, the relief is very short lived. And shortly thereafter, the high is going to wear off and you're going to crash and you're going to come down from that. And that's the really sneaky part is that when we shop and we spend and we do get that rush and that high, we think that we are solving the problem. But ultimately, we're not solving the problem long term. What we're really doing is we're simply just creating more negative emotion for ourselves long term. I want to tell you guys about this really interesting study that I read about. And it was a study, it was actually done quite a while ago. I want to say it was like mid 2000s, 2004 or 5. But it was a study that studied compulsive shoppers and compared them to quote unquote normal shoppers. Like I don't even know what you would call a normal shopper, but I guess people who weren't compulsive shoppers. And what the study did was it actually studied their moods throughout the shopping experience. And it was really interesting because what the study found was that normal shoppers, when they go through a purchasing experience, here's kind of how their mood tracks. They start out by having a decent mood right? Like when they shop, they're in a, I would say, decent or fine mood. Then they go shopping and they buy something and they get into an even better mood. So after the purchase is made, they feel happier than they were before they were shopping. 
And then when they got home after shopping from making that purchase, they were even happier. So when you're looking at a normal buyer, what happens is their mood goes from good to better to best as they're moving through that shopping experience. When it looked at a compulsive shopper, what it found is the compulsive shopper's mood prior to shopping, prior to going out and buy something was pretty, pretty lousy, right? They were feeling some sort of negative emotion. Then after they made the purchase, what happened, which was so interesting, is that their mood skyrocketed. It went to like very, very high, euphoric. They were in this amazing mood. They felt so much better. But then once they got home from making the purchase and the purchasing experience was over, so to speak, their mood plummeted and their mood actually went below where it was before the shopping experience even started. So with a compulsive buyer and shopper, their mood goes from lousy beforehand to very, very high once they made the purchase to then even lousier than it was at the beginning. So with a normal buyer, it just kind of looks like a steady uptick in mood. With a compulsive buyer, it looks like a roller coaster. It goes from low to very, very high to then very, very, very low again. And that's what I'm talking about, you guys, is that so many of us who are using shopping and spending as a coping mechanism, we do it because A, we feel bad and we know we're going to get that rush. We know we're going to get like the euphoria, the high of the buy. It's going to feel great and it's going to feel amazing. But what we often forget about is the crash after the fact and the fact that when it's all over and we come back down to earth, we're going to be left feeling worse after the fact than we even felt to begin with. So this is the very first red flag is if shopping is your coping mechanism, if you are buffering, if you are using spending and acquiring and shopping as an excuse not to feel your feelings, that's the first indication that your spending is a problem. Because listen, you guys, the way to get what you want in life, and I know this is not the answer that we want, because again, it's like, who wants to do this and who wants to feel their feelings? But any result that you want to create in life is simply sitting on the other side of being willing and able to feel your feelings. That's it. The only reason you're not doing the things that you know that you should be doing is because you don't want to have to feel the way you know you're going to have to feel by going through that discomfort. So this is the big one to pay attention to. The second one, which this very closely relates to what we just talked about. So I'm going to get through this one pretty quickly. But the second red flag is if you care more about the experience of shopping rather than what you're buying. So for instance, you go up to Ulta, not because you need anything and not even because you have something in mind. You just want to buy something. Like you literally just want to walk around and have the experience and swipe the credit card and look at all the pretty products and the pretty colors and find things to buy. You don't need anything from Target, but you're going to go up to Target and just stroll around and make it like an experience at Target. But this is the second red flag is if you find yourself like just wanting to buy something, you don't even care what it is. You don't care where it's from. You don't care what it's going to do for you. You just want to buy something. And sometimes I describe this as like you are somebody who just wants to want 
things. Like you're addicted to the wanting, to the desiring. It doesn't even matter what it is. You're going to fixate on one thing and you're going to say, oh, I want that. Then you're going to go out and get it. And then once the high and the allure of that wears off, you're going to be right on to wanting the next thing. You're just in this constant cycle of wanting things. You want to want things. And that leads me to the third red flag, which is after you buy something, you're really not getting a lot of use or value out of the things that you're buying. Because really, if you think about it, if you're doing number one and number two, this one will probably be true as well. If you're just buying things to buy things and it doesn't really matter what you're buying, what's happening is, is that you're more focused on the experience of shopping rather than what you're buying, which means you don't really care about the product or the benefits or the value that it's going to provide to you. You just want to be able to say that you've got something. You just want that rush. So when that happens, we get the things. And then often, remember, after the purchasing experience is over, we experience that crash that drop off in our mood. And then we're left with a product a lot of the times that we didn't really even want. We're not really going to get a lot of value out of. And so what this looks like is, you know, you're someone who has a lot of clothes in their closets that have only been worn maybe once, maybe a couple of times. I know there's a lot of people who have stuff in their closets that still have the tags on them, like literally have never been worn. You have a product graveyard underneath your bathroom sink of products that again, you've used a couple of times or not at all. You have rooms in your house where things are just piling up. You have a lot of things that are still in their original packaging. So if you are finding that a lot of the things that you're buying, you're not getting a ton of use or value out of, again, that's another red flag that your spending is becoming a problem. The fourth red flag, and again, people get a little upset with this one. So let me just, you know, give my thoughts and give my disclaimer is if you are a return girly, okay? If you spend a lot of time returning things, if a lot of the purchases that you buy and that you get, you ultimately end up sending back. Now, don't get me wrong. It's okay to return products, you guys. I return products, okay? But I would say I probably return less than 5% of the things that I buy. And when I do that, it's because the product did not live up to expectations. The product was defective. It just didn't work for me. If it was a piece of clothing, like it didn't fit me or something like that, of course I will return it. Like I won't keep things that I know from the get-go are bad and that I'm not going to like, and ultimately I won't end up using. Of course, in those cases, I will return the product and get my money back. But you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about buying a lot of stuff, knowing that more than likely you're going to end up returning it. And I see people talk about this sometimes. Like I'll see people say like, oh, well, I just went ahead and bought this top in every single color and I'm going to keep the one that I want and then I'm going to return the rest. I've never really gotten that, you guys. I've never really understood that. I kind of get it and I kind of understand it. But to me, I'm like, why don't you just pick the color that you like the best and buy it? If you find that you are returning a lot of the items that you're buying, it's probably another symptom of the first couple of red flags that we talked about. 
if you're shopping as a coping mechanism, if you are shopping just to shop and you're not super concerned about getting the value out of what you bought, then you also will probably be in a situation where you end up returning a lot of things. And again, you guys, this one really is just kind of like a symptom of a bigger problem. But I also just want to point out, and I know I've talked to some of you about this with an overcoming overspending, is please, like, I want you all just to remember how incredibly valuable your time and your energy is. And I know that some of you are spending, like, (laughs) so much time and effort returning the things that you buy. And what I want to recommend that you do, like when I buy a product, you guys, I never buy a product with the kind of asterisk in the back of my head thinking, oh, well, if I don't like it, I'll just return it. That is not something that I'm thinking. Like I said, once I get a product and I open it up and I start using it, if I realize like, oh, this isn't good or this wasn't what I wanted or this is definitely not what I was expecting, of course, like I said, I'll return it. But I don't just buy things, buy a bunch of stuff with the notion of, oh, like I can always just return it or I'll just return it. I don't want to be spending my time and energy returning things. I want to buy things that I love and that I use and that I get value out of and that I keep for a very, very long time. I don't want to be spending my precious resources returning a bunch of things. So if you are a return girly, Again, this could be another red flag that your spending is a problem because you're just spending to spend. The last red flag that I'm going to give you on if your spending is potentially a problem is if you are secretive about your spending habits. If you try to hide the things that you buy from the people in your life, if you are trying to conceal your behavior because at the root of it, you know that you're not aligned, you know that you're not acting in your best self, and you don't want other people to see that. Maybe you don't want your spouse to see it, maybe it's a roommate, maybe you're living with a parent, and you don't want them to see or find out, so you're hiding that behavior from them, and you're trying to conceal your purchases. And another red flag is maybe you're not hiding your behavior. Maybe whoever it is, you know, a spouse, a parent, a coworker, a good friend is aware of your shopping and your spending habits, but your habits are creating conflict and creating tension in your relationships. That also could be another red flag that your spending is becoming a problem. So you guys listen, Really, at the end of the day, I want you guys to take all of this with a grain of salt because this is truly an art. It's not a science. Like ultimately, only you know whether something is or isn't a problem. And whether or not you're willing to kind of like talk to someone about it yet or admit it out loud or admit it to another person, I typically find that like internally, we always know. Internally, our gut and our intuition always knows best. And oftentimes when we're in situations like this, where we know, it's like, we know that we are not living up to our potential. We know that we are not being our best selves. And we definitely know that we are not happy with the results that we're creating in our life. To me, that's all it takes for something to be constituted a problem. Like for me, it's like, I can take many, many different areas of my life. And it's like, 
if I'm not happy with the results that I'm creating, and I know that it's because of the things that I'm either doing that I shouldn't be doing, or I'm not doing the things that I know I should be doing, to me, that is a problem. So again, take all of this with a grain of salt, but if throughout this episode, this really resonated with you and it felt like, okay, yeah, Paige, you were talking directly to me. It feels like you were just describing me in this podcast episode. Then, you know, just kind of be open to the fact that like your spending habits are definitely an area that you could do some work in. And that's not bad, you guys. That's not a bad thing. Okay. We are all human beings and we are all just, like I said, trying to feel better. And we are all searching for different ways to feel better. And for some of us, the way that we try to do that is through the acquisition of things and is through spending money. Bringing awareness to that is a great first step. And so now if you're like, okay, well, got it. What do I do about it? There's two things that I want to tell you. The first thing is, and I want to just be like very serious about this, is if you feel like your shopping and your spending has gotten to the point where it's an addiction, where you feel like it's very compulsive in nature, like you you literally can't help but to do this. And essentially all the things that we talked about today are kind of like exasperated, like times five. And it's something that you really just can't control not to stop. I encourage you to seek professional help. You can go on Google, give it a quick search. There are a ton of helpful resources that can help you with that. Okay. So I just want to make sure that that's very clear because a shopping addiction is nothing to joke about. It's not something to mess around with. And I think in pop culture, we kind of like laugh about it and we treat it like it's this like cheeky, funny thing that's not that serious. And it actually is incredibly serious. It's no less serious than somebody being addicted to alcohol or to drugs or to some other substance. Shopping and spending absolutely can get to the point where it does become an addiction. And so if you do feel like you were at that point, please seek help. If you don't feel like you're at that point, which I feel like is probably most of us, then come join me in overcoming overspending. All right, come join us. This is what I help you with. You get my three-phase approach. You get weekly coaching with me. You get accountability within our student-only Facebook group. It is a fantastic place to start on this journey. If you are not super thrilled with the results that you're creating and you want to do better and you want to start making progress forward, it is the only community out there like it, and it is by far, hands down, the best place to start. So if you want to join me in there, All you have to do is go to overcomingoverspending.com. All right, you guys, that's what I have for you this week. Hope this was helpful for you. Let me know your thoughts. If you liked this episode, do not be shy about sharing it with the people in your life. It always means so much to me to see you guys listening to the show, sharing the show, giving me your thoughts. The fact that you guys are here with me week after week after week just means the world to me. So I love you guys so much and we'll see you next Tuesday. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits 
that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.